Welcome to SEO 101, your introductory course on search engine optimization. So, turn on your computers, open your minds, grab your mouse, and get ready to get back to the basics. SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm is now in session. Is now in session. Hello and welcome to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm. This is Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and my co-host is John Carcutt, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advanced Digital. Happy 2016, my friend. Hey, you as well, man. Did you have a good break? Yeah. yeah. It was a bit mayhem-like, but good. Mine was nice. I spent the break in Alaska. I was so yeah. envious. Oh, so nice. You know what? I actually was in the same building at the same time as Lee Odin. He was in Anchorage at the same time, too. And it's like we were we were t- chatting on Facebook, and it's like, hey, what the hell? <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> what are the odds of that? My yeah, God. no doubt. Was, he was just there for fun, or was he there to visit family or something? I, th- I think he was there just, just you know, for his last trip of the holiday see, or the, the year. I don't think it was business. but. Man. Uh, didn't get to actually see him, but it's, it's kind of fun. Funny. <laughs> well, awesome. Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's been a hell of a start to the new year for work, though. Came back. Oh yeah, it's been oh, busy and can't yeah, complain. we got breaking news going left and right the past couple of weeks. Makes makes for fun times. Excellent. Well, we, over the time, uh, well, actually, it's been a couple episodes we missed over the holidays, but. Uh, at uh, the last show, we talked about finishing off some questions and answers we didn't get to. Yep. <laughs> John and I were just uh, kind of muttering, well, we hope we uh, had cro- we crossed off all the ones we actually answered. Um, so hopefully these aren't rep- repetition. <laughs> if it is, just consider it studying. Well, can, can the first question be by me? Oh, yeah, yeah. Because I, right. we had some news first. Yeah. I, I read something recently and it made me think, and I wanted to get your opinion on it and maybe discuss it a little bit with you. So I was in Webmaster Tools, not Search Console, Webmaster Tools. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, and I, I wanted to do a little digging on how Google handles parameters just to make sure I understood what the tool was telling me. So I went to the help file for, for Search Console and I read this paragraph. It says, when Google Google detects duplicate content such as the pages in the example above, and they showed some different versions of URLs for like with parameters and with with words and that kind of stuff. It says um, Google algorithm groups the duplicate URLs into a cluster. Okay, one cluster, which is interesting to me, first of all. Then it selects what the algorithm thinks is the best URL to represent the cluster in the search results, right? Um, so, but then it said what they do is Google tries to consolidate what we know about the URLs in the cluster, such as link popularity, to, to the one representative URL. So does that mean it's that they're automatically selecting a URL and basically putting in rel equals canonical? without you having to do it when they can. That's what it sounds like to me. Hmm. And if it is, and I went in and did a little research on rel equals canonical as well, just to just to kind of verify this and, and look at how that works. And what there's two different things in rel equals canonical that it says it does. One, well, there's a bunch of them, but these are the two that apply. One is it consolidates link signals to, dupl- to duplicate or similar content, but it also um, determines the URL you want people to see in search results, right? Which is, sounds pretty much like the same thing they were just saying they do automatically. So to me, it's almost, and of course, they've always said rel equals canonical is just a suggestion, mm-hmm. right? 
And when they really, the first thing they say about what it does for um, the consolidating the singles is it, it helps search engines to be able to consolidate. When it says it helps them, it doesn't say it allows them to. It says it helps them to, which to me says, well, they're already doing it and you're helping them do it better. I think so uh, that's what, well, I, that's how I understood it in the beginning. But uh, just just because I, I always understood that Google does everything itself anyway, and these are just hints, right? These are things you can add. Say, no, really, I want this one, <laughs> so right. they can they can go. You know, okay, you know, we were going to pick this one, but fine, you know. And if you don't do that, if you don't use Canonical, they've already got their own systems in place to try and choose the ideal page. Right. So, so what this tells me and what, what this is making me think about a lot the past couple of days is if I'm doing an audit or I'm looking at a client's site and they have technical issues with the site, they're creating multiple passive navigation or, um, parameters versus non-parameters. There's a bunch of technical issues on the site that are creating multiple URLs to the same content, which is a significant problem. Um, and it happens quite frequently, but now it might not be as significant as it seems in the past, mm-hmm. if they're already identifying these multiple URLs and clustering them together and then picking one, right, and then already consolidating all the signals, um, you know, that's a lot of money and time and energy and resources to fix those kind of problems. And when you're putting down the priorities from an SEO standpoint, what do I need to do to make this site perform better in search? And up until, you know, recently, that to me has been an issue because it's causing all these duplicate signal issues. But if it's not, that's going to save my clients and my, my team a ton of headache and a ton of work. If, you know, if all we need to do is reinforce that by putting in a canonical tag and not have to worry about fixing them or installing mod rewrites or doing all this other stuff, it could be a huge benefit for us and our clients. No, I, mean, I, I agree. And in principle, that, that makes a lot of sense. I, I just, you know, you, you'd you say this before I would normally. I mean, we, how much do you really want to put on Google's plate and trust? Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I totally agree. I mean, the best solution is to fix all that stuff. If you can get rid of it, that's absolutely the best solution. But if you only have a limited budget, you're working with a small business that doesn't have a huge budget to rebuild their website because of technical issues, this could be an avenue to go to to help them, you know, get past some of these issues and you can focus on some of the other things that can actually make more of an impact with the budget they have. Hmm. I mean, we always prioritize what they have. Mm-hmm. In terms of, 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 like, for example, when we do an audit, it always ends in a final page with recommendations prioritized. Um, and yeah, and we often put the three ones sometimes higher, but most of the time it's well below really crucial stuff, usually on page. And if it comes to canonical, they can get to it. If they can do it, great. Many of them use these oh, terrifying, um, <laughs> content management systems that don't even allow it or, or it's like whatever you know we, we'll move past it because yes we presume google will do a decent job by itself and uh yeah i think that uh, this does a good job of of cementing that it's nice to note and it's interesting because because the, the, and the Mueller files this week it just happens that <laughs> that he he had a quote this week that basically said don't worry about duplicate content when merging sites, and someone was asking him in one of the help forums, uh, you know he's the guy's trying to merge three websites together and he wanted to know you know what the process how to do specifically and Mueller's like look take your time 
This is the quote. Take your time. Go at the problem systematically. Double check every step. Don't worry about duplicate, duplicate content in the meantime and things should finish or should go fairly well. Um, I'm not sure I take it to mean, to mean you don't ever have to worry about the duplicate content. I think at some point you're going to have to merge that content and fix the duplication issue. If nothing else, from a user perspective, if people see the same content on your site multiple times, you're going to go, what's going on here? Yeah. Right. But, but this just kind of reinforces that earlier comment about they already understand where these are. They already understand the duplication and the different URLs leading to the same content and they cluster them for you ahead of time, which, which to me, it seems kind of like a revelation, even though it's something we kind of assumed, but just seeing them say this in written and the fact that it's hidden inside Google search console help when you're looking at parameter stuff kind of throws me off, but it's good to find stuff like this and these little gems. Yeah. And it, yeah, I mean, when it's, yeah, he very specifically said in the meantime. So it does make yeah. you know, really good sense that that's what, that's what they do. And anyway, I had an idea, and it's already gone. So let's uh, <laughs> let's move on to the reporting. It's such as the day I, I couldn't sleep last night. I hate that. I got to bed, and instantly had energy. It's like, and I, and I even went to bed late. So I, anyway, long do you get Do you get up and work when you do that? Or you uh, get up and do I something? I was tempted, except my wife was working, and my little girl likes to come into the bed sometimes. And I thought, well, if I'm upstairs and she comes into the bed and no one's there, oh, my God. That <laughs> <laughs> would be really bad. So I decided I better stay. <laughs> yeah, makes sense. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so um, <laughs> uh, an SEO G- was sentenced to more than three years for extortion. <laughs> yes. And what I like about something Search Engine Land did is they they preface this, and they should do this. I, I think it's perfect. Is illegitimate SEO sensed, sentenced to three more three well, years for extortion? Well, well, the the actual article from Justice.gov that reported this actually had definitions of legitimate versus illegitimate SEO in the article yeah. at the beginning, <laughs> and the illegitimate SEO started out with fake reviews which I thought was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> but they also mentioned uh, um, like black or white on white text. So, <laughs> Well, you know, they did their research, right? Yeah, they did the research and found some old, <laughs> old, old articles. <laughs> or perhaps they were once SEOs. Yeah, yes. <laughs> um, but, in but any case, this person sure got their ass handed to them, and I'm so glad. Yeah. What he was doing, basically, is he – this is interesting – tactic the reason he got in trouble in the first place is he did a lot of work outside of the scope of the agreement he ended up building a bunch of websites for this client for ge yeah it was either ge or the lawyers that represented ge i think there was there's a group of lawyers involved as well he probably did it to more than one person i would assume but he built other websites and then when they when they when they ended up saying you know we're no longer going to work with you for whatever reason i don't know whether they were firing him or they just found another vendor or what but he, he wouldn't turn over those other websites because he had done them outside the scope and then they sued him for the other websites and or they didn't sue him he offered to sell them or something that's where the extortion was he's like he was going to change them to negative stuff pointing to their sites instead of positive stuff and it was crazy it was stupid and, and well, he started off by really burning bridges and this is quoted um, Stanley demanded a, this is the person Stanley demanded additional payments to end his contractual relationship with GE and to surrender the administration rights to the websites to GE <laughs> from November 2010 through June, January 2011 GE paid Stanley a total of 80 
thousand dollars to to terminate the relationship. Then, posing as these other names, Stanley transmitted threatening communications via email and telephone from foreign countries to GE in the Northern District of Texas to send more money. (laughs) Uh, Which, um, and it was a threat because. Stanley threatened to, to uh, and I quote here, harm GE's reputation through negative internet posts that would ad- adversely affect GE's ability to conduct business if it failed to send money. GE responded to the wrongful inducement by sending four payments total, totaling almost 30000 by MoneyGram to Stanley in, in Romania, I guess where he had to set up accounts. Uh, yeah. What a nightmare. Yeah, basically the moral of the story is, you know, there's no real laws, I think, around what we do, but there's laws around business. <laughs> and if you break those, you're going to get in trouble. And extortion, trying to extort money out of somebody by threatening to harm their business, whether it's SEO or not, is going to get you in trouble. Yeah. And, and even worse, the, uh, again, a quote here, the government contended that it could readily prove that Stanley engaged in similar extortionate conduct with approximately 40 to 45 victims. Wow, I didn't read that part. What a stand-up dude. Nice. Well, he got what he deserved, and, and hopefully... Um, I guess. Someone... Three years doesn't seem long now after that. Yeah. But he also <laughs> had to pay close to close to a couple hundred thousand dollars back to GE, and if they identified another 40-some victims, he's probably going to have to make restitution to them as well at some point. I hope so. I hope yeah. So. Um. Yeah, he said here um, he's been sentenced to the 37 months in federal prison and ordered to pay 174,888 bucks in restitution to a dozen identified victims for attempting to extort money. Oh well, jeez, <laughs> yeah. classy. Anyway. Um, Stanley, if you're a listener, uh, please don't listen to us anymore. <laughs> or actually listen. <laughs> yeah, you know, he wouldn't be listening to us. Otherwise, he'd be a, a good guy. Uh, I just don't get it. That's just unreal. We, we have a great community and a great audience, and we don't want them. We, do. we, do, we don't want those bad apples. No, no, no. Well, uh, with that said, let's take a quick break. When we come back, uh, we got some great questions, as we promised. There's quite a few to go through, so uh, we'll jump in right away. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, so you know their SEO experts. But did you know they can help you with PBC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. 
Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white-label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrands with a... Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Welcome back to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm. Hosted by John Carcutt, the director of SEO and social media for Advanced Digital, and myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, Inc., I'd like to preface uh, the next bit here by uh, just letting people know that uh, anyone in Denver, um, Denver, Colorado, I will be out there for a conference from January 19th to the 23rd, or I believe it's the 19th, at least the 20th to the 23rd. Anyway, um, if you happen to be out there and you want to grab a drink or anything, just let me know. Love to meet a fellow listener. Uh, or a listener, I should say, of the show, <laughs> you can meet, uh, uh, send me an email, ross at stepforth.com, or just post in our Google Plus community forum. That'd be great. Anyway, let's start with a question from Mark Taylor. Uh, this one seemed really familiar to us, so excuse us if this has been done already. Um, Mark says, for e-commerce sites, how should disabled products be handled? There are instances where products are out of stock, but it's unknown whether there is a permanent or temporary situation. Or wh- unknown whether this is a temporary or permanent situation. Is it a case of using a 302 temporary redirect, or would a 301 permanent redirect be more appropriate? What do you think, bud? Um, well, we're talking specifically out of stock inventory. Um, I usually... Don't like to redirect those at all. No. I, I, I like, I'd much rather have a list as out of stock and maybe if your CMS is flexible enough, list alternatives that people can go to, right? Um, and not redirect those at all. If it's out of, if you're removing it from the inventory, um, completely, like it's maybe it's a seasonal item where you're going to remove it from the inventory and then put it back, um, you know, next Christmas when we, when you're selling Christmas items again, then I would think a 302 would probably be proper. Um, if it's removed from inventory permanently, then of course 301, um, in that case. You know, yeah, I agree, uh, especially about not redirecting at all. Um, if, 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 until you're sure it's permanent. Now, when you're sure it's permanent, we're finding that these days a, a more successful tactic is providing alternative options while keeping the page up. Um, as long as the alternative options are close to the same, obviously they'd be highly relevant. They have to be the mm-hmm. same or very close. Um, otherwise, you're just providing a poor user experience, and that could be that could just backfire. But I, I really do believe keeping that there is, is a great idea. We find a lot of, of when we're doing competitor analysis, we're finding a lot of sites succeed t- quite dramatically um, in in long tail rankings by having these um, these pages remain. Yeah. And you never know if something might come back into play. And it's a perfect example. I know this is, this is weird, but let's say you're a, you sell sports apparel and many years ago you used to sell, um, Cleveland Cavalier LeBron jerseys. And then he went to Miami. Well, if you 
deleted those jerseys and, and permanently, you know, redirected them. When he went back to Cleveland, you missed your opportunity to have saved all that search equity. So it makes perfect sense. <laughs> there you go. Um, why don't you take the next one? Um, so we've got one from Adam Safar. Does that sound right? Um, this, uh, we've answered this a couple of times on the show, um, but it, it's always good to revisit for new listeners is um, how do you guys keep up with industry-related news. Um, he's saying when he looks at his feedly in the morning, he sees top Tennessee-related news feeds that there's like 96 articles in seven hours. Um, he marks everything red just to get rid of them. How do you filter through what's important and what's not so important? Um, and it's a great question. Um, a lot of times, so if you have 10 SEO-related news feeds, um, you've probably got a few you can trim out, I would mm-hmm. say, right? That's too many to begin with. You need to find, you know, mm-hmm. two to three really good, reliable sources, Search Engine Land, SEO Roundtable, the SEM Post. Those kind of places are usually going to cover everything you need. The odds and those 96 articles that you saw from 10 different sites, the odds are that seven sites were covering the same news thing that happened. So you've got seven articles that are on the same topic, right? So that's one way to really get through the the, 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 the massive amount of information being published in this space. A lot of it is, for lack of a better term, duplicate content. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, or, or different takes on something. So if you want to keep that ver- variety of perspectives coming in, you know, maintain those feeds, but identify writers that generally seem to deliver uh the right answer based on your experience, so the, the answer that fits you best, and read them first. Um, I have a few people I just, if I see they've written, I don't miss it. Um, other ones I would probably read if I had a little more time, uh, or mm-hmm. let's say I'm doing a counter article or I'm teaching something and I want to get different perspectives. Uh, gosh, perspectives are really important, especially when you're dealing with a really key um, question you're trying to answer uh, or an issue with your own website. Mm-hmm. See, but, but when I do that, I'm looking at, okay, if I'm looking at a news feed, something I want to check on a daily basis, I just need the hits right then and there, right? The different perspectives, if I see something that interests me, I'm going to search for those anyway. You know what I mean? I'm gonna, if I'm doing research or I'm looking for, I don't need those different perspectives hitting me every morning. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, well, I mean, you can easily filter, I don't know about you, but I can easily filter them out. I, me- mentally, I just look and see it. I name the writer, I'm in. You know, there it's it's there. If you are just wanting to focus, you want to keep it as clean as possible. Go John's route without a question. I'm I am more in line with doing that. I do keep my my feed very clean Um, when I get a chance to even look at it. Poor little Feedly's making a good chunk of money off me for very little work. (laughs) I I don't do much. I'm afraid. I wish I read more. I, I used to read all the time, but now. I learn a lot from our own clients, and you get to a certain point where you do. You learn a lot from the the, the data you're getting yourself. So how we keep on top of things is by being on top of everything. <laughs> yeah, and and, f- and for for me, it's going to be different for you and I, Ross, because we've been doing this for so long. Oh, exactly. We have our resources. For for us, you know, it's 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 enough for me to to have an identifier that says, "Hey, something happened," and then I'll know where to go to look for more information or know how to do the research to see it how it impacts me directly. Right? For someone new into the space, I think having you know. Two to three good... It came on a night like any other. With power unlike anything else on Earth. 
using beyond advanced active ingredients like bicyclopyrone, Acuron GT post-emergence corn herbicide is here to annihilate tough weeds. Advanced technology, enhanced control. Talk to your Syngenta retailer about Acuron GT. Always read and follow label instructions. Liable resources. And I'll tell you right now, the SAM post, search engine land, and... Um, Search engine roundtable. Yeah. If you if you if you're following those three, you're going to get ninety to ninety five percent of everything you need on a daily basis. Probably stuff, a lot of stuff you don't need too, right? If you're if you're new in this space, yeah, um, invest. That's when you're looking for changes in the marketplace. I find that's perfect. Yep, you know? absolutely. Um, if, if I'm looking for something on a particular topic, I might go digging elsewhere, and then I just do my research. I'm not looking so much in news. Yep, agreed. So I hope that helps, Adam. I know you asked how we keep up with it. Um, how do you guys keep up with it? And really, I think part of the answer is yes, we use those, but also we are getting our own intel from our own clients, our own our own uh, campaigns, and and basing our own conclusions on that. Again, whenever I do need that other opinion or other perspective, I I find it very valuable to do that research or read other. Um, Smart writers, you know, people who who yeah. really know what they're doing. And and if if you're if you and you gotta you gotta model this to your own habits too. If you find yourself on Twitter all the time, if you're a big Twitter user, it's sometimes it's easier just to set up a a list in Twitter of really knowledgeable SEOs and people that you respect who are going to publish stuff when it happens, and you just you'll see it there. If you find yourself on Facebook every day, make sure you've you've liked these same people. Um, you know, their pages and resources and that you're interacting with them so that when they post news and information, it pops up in your feed. You're going to have to customize it based on your Internet usage, really. Yeah, excellent. Well, let's uh, take a quick break. and we come back, we'll uh, go through a few more. we got quite a number actually coming up here. We'll be right back. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. Is buying something that is made in the USA important to you? How do you know that it really is made in the USA? Certified Inc. is the only supply chain audit company on the planet which qualifies country of origin labeling. If it's important to you as a consumer to know where the products you buy and use in your own home come from, then it's also important for your customers. Visit us at madeinusa.net and find out more. Go to madeinusa.net because it's that important. Reinventing keyword research, simplifying campaign optimization, redefining competitive analysis, SpyFu brings you an entirely new way to find the most profitable keywords for your SEO and PPC campaigns. New tools, new data, and a brand new look. We've streamlined SpyFu so that you can optimize your search engine marketing more efficiently, more accurately, and more intuitively. Visit SpyFu.com, that's S-P-Y-F-U.com, and start downloading your competitors' keywords now. Try it free. Whether you are an online business or domain name investor, you need access to the best names. With over 270 million domains already registered, finding the right names at the best price requires a great wingman. Namejet.com puts you in the pilot seat by giving you fast and unparalleled access to some of the best premium and expired domain names on earth. As the number one domain name auction platform, Namejet.com is the best place to find domains for your business or investment. 
So light the afterburners to the domain name aftermarket and fly over to Namejet.com at mock speed to get great domains today. Namejet.com Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Welcome back to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm, hosted by John Carcutt, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advanced Digital, and myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, Inc. The next question is from Nick Carroll. He says, hi, I'm a college student about to graduate. Our AMA collegiate chapter has a marketing agency within it where we do integrated marketing communication plans. So for, for, for people who don't know, AMA is the American Marketing Association. There you go. Uh, they do uh, integrated marketing communications plans and give other recommendations to the companies that hire us. Our current client does something I've not seen before with social media. If they share someone else's content on social media, they provide a link to their site in the post. When you get to the page they link to, it's a small blurb, say three or four sentences, about the article they want to share and a link to that article. When we asked their marketing director why they do this, they said that they do not want links from social media to just point to other sites, but they want people to go to their site, and and that's why they do this. We tried explaining to them that this tactic would only reduce the average time that visitors spend on their site and increase their overall bounce rate. We think this would hurt their rankings overall. How would this affect their site's overall rankings, and can they be penalized at all for doing this? Woo. Well, <laughs> that's a mouthful. That's, that's, that's a big question. <laughs> that is a big question. Thank you, Nick. Um, uh, well, okay. So first of all, I don't think what they're doing is bad. Um, they're sending people to their website, at which point they link to whatever resource they, they cited. I do think it's, it's a little, the spirit of it isn't great. I mean, it would be better just to link directly to those other people. But in this way, I don't think it's a big deal. I don't think it's going to hurt their overall rankings. I mean, yes, we know about, uh, a certain level of of um, bounce rate is not good. It doesn't look good, at least in data. But if you know these pages are designed that way and they're going to get a bounce rate, you just ignore that. It, it, the only reason they would be doing this is they're hoping either someone's going to get distracted and go to some part of their site. Perhaps they have a, a, a pop-up of some kind asking them to subscribe to a newsletter. Um they just want the, or they just want the branding, or all the above, and before the person clicks away and goes to the site, they're not clicking and going back to Google. At which point, maybe there's, there's there'd be a question of some kind of of a quick bounce rate back to Google, which may not look great. Um, I don't really see a lot of problem here. What do you think? Well, the the social side of things, no, I don't think there's a big problem. I think I think it's not a very good experience for the users because they click and they expect to see the article. The problem with this, where I do think they could have an issue from an SEO standpoint, is what they're doing is they're creating a bunch of pages on their website that are basically blurbs about somebody else's content with a link out. Well, if I recall... One of the earlier updates of Panda, maybe in the second year of its existence, there was a big, big hubbub because Google called this out as a low quality content practice where bloggers were doing this a lot. They were finding a piece of content. They'd write a paragraph about it and link over to it so they could get updated content on their sites and, and posts. And this, this is considered low quality content from a Google perspective tied to Panda. If you do this a lot and this is the only kind of real substantial content 
content on your site, you could get hit with a, with a panda issue. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, oh God, yeah, you're in real trouble if that's the only con- substantial yeah. content you have. Uh, I, I, I did take that. I assumed that wasn't the case. I probably shouldn't have. But when it, when it comes down to it, though, um, I mean, you could just block those pages to search. Yep. I mean, if you're just – really what they are trying to do is, again, like I said, get people to their site, get their branding, get their message in front of them before they go to this other site. That doesn't need to be in search. In fact, it shouldn't be. I would block it. And then they right. can get the benefit of both worlds. Yeah, but the odds are they're not blocking it. Probably not. <laughs> so I hope that helps, Nick. Uh, interesting. Uh, thanks for posting that. I hope you post some more. That's uh, some good depth to that question. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next question is from David. How about you take that away there, John? Um, David Miller. So um, David says, I recently discovered a shopyourway.com. Sh- discovered that, sh- uh, which I believe is associated with Sears and Kmart. Uh, is embedding individual article pages from our board game news website. Purple Pond. He's like putting out, um, he's, he's naming names. So just to let you know <laughs> in the, the site. All right. Uh, they embedded the whole page. Links are functional and it pulls fresh from our website every time the page is reloaded. I tested that. Uh, visitors to shopyourway.com, however, see their logo above ours and their URL in the browser. For example, um, he gives a couple of example URLs. Um, his, his question is, I'm not sure what to think about this. I imagine it could bring us some traffic. Uh, but does it impact our search results? Um, is it the net result positive or negative? I love everybody's thoughts. I guess it, first of all, it's it's not a really great thing to do unless you've already made an agreement. If they've contacted you and said, we'd like to do this, then it's something. Uh, from an ethical standpoint, it's kind of iffy. Um, but from a, does it impact your search results or your traffic? It really depends on how they implement this. If it's showing their URL um, and their logo, they're probably using some kind of iframe or an injection method uh, to get your, your page into their page. If it's an iframe, um, it's probably not going to be an issue from a search results perspective. Um, and it, but it could actually be impacting your analytics um, in a way you're not expecting. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's hard to tell without knowing technically how they're doing it, how much impact it's going to have on you. Yeah, and, and <clears throat> when it comes down to it, if they're using any kind of frame, it's really easy, like iframe or whatever it might be. You can do some frame busting. Uh, you, you get scripts that will um, counteract this ability for them to embed your content. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> you could have some fun with it, actually. Um, uh, <laughs> I imagine there's quite a few options where you could actually change the message they see. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I think uh, that's what I would do. I would research some of the options on how to, f- they call it frame busting. That's one of the tag terms for it. Yep. Um, there's and, and, there's, and there's ways to use, if you're on a, la- if you're on a Linux Apache, what they call a LAMP environment, um, you can use an HTX's file to really only allow your pages to be served from your IP addresses, those kind of things. There's, there's ways to get around it. Yeah, um, that, that's not as much fun, but it does work. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> I think uh, delivering a different uh, piece of content uh, for, for but, them would be kind of fun. But this, but, but here, here's something to take into consideration. Look at, try to find out how they're doing it, first of all. Look at your analytics. If you're seeing that page sending traffic, you know, 
if, if they're driving business to you and what you're doing, if they're, you know, well, I know it's article pages, it's not content pages, so you might not be getting business from it. They might just be stealing your content. So look and see what the impact it's having on your business before you immediately just shut it down. Because um, it doesn't sound like you're getting brand recognition. Um, it doesn't sound like they're selling anything directly from your site. Yeah, I don't know. It, it doesn't sound like a good situation. And, and Ross's frame buster trick could be very entertaining if you let it be. <laughs> well, I decided to, uh, oh, here, I found, I'm just going to look at the link that he sent us here to see. Um, I tried doing a search on Shop Your Way and couldn't find it. And, okay, so Outlander board game is what it shows. And the content is there. Oh, I see. That looks to be a frame iframe to me. Uh, let's look at the source code. And what do you see there? Oh, it could be a div, actually. It's a floating. But they'd have to load the content in. They can't, they'd have to load the content from somewhere. Yeah. It, huh. it could be, it's possible. It could, there might be a way to do it in Ajax or HTML5, but most, cause, cause iframes are, are, uh, what's that called? Um, Depreciated. I, I found it. Yeah, it's an iframe. Is it? All right. <laughs> you can have a lot of fun with this. There it is. Iframe source equals, and there's his address. Yeah, <laughs> so have some fun. And, and fill us in. I want to hear what you do. Yeah. Uh, s- s- send us a link or a screen cap of what shows up on their site once you do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so let's uh, move on to the next question. Uh, let's see here. I moved my screen. So thank you, David, by the way. Okay, we've got a couple questions from Paul Mycroft to tie up the show. Paul, uh, you have first asked us, I know that Google ignores the meta keywords tag in its organic rankings, but does it pay attention to the tag in AdWords? I was told by an SEO today, he puts in quotes, I can send you 100 links to pages that show how Google does use them. Hmm. In AdWords. In AdWords? I've heard it. See... I've heard it being used as a tool for SEOs who are training people or, you know, they need people to know what their targets were for the page. Mm -hmm. Um, But nothing that you would ever want to use for S for actual Google. Um, I I want to see one. I want to see one of these 100 links to pages that show how Google uses Mm, them. Please. (laughs) Yeah. Very interesting. Um, It's really funny that this question came up because it was just it was over the holiday break. Um, I got into a pretty, I wouldn't call it tense, but uh, it was an in-depth conversation about the keyword meta tag on Facebook. And there was a lot of people that you would recognize names jumped into this conversation. And uh, it was basically me saying that Google and the search engines have never used the keyword meta tag. And everybody's like, yes, they did. They used to use it. And I'm like, no, they didn't. And it was it was very interesting. <laughs> but but I still I still stand by they've never used it. Um, but, but they do they do use it now as a signal for potential spam. That's, oh, that's it. Back in the InfoSeq days, they definitely used it. They were so unsophisticated. They did not. Oh, I, I do believe. Okay, here, here, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna repeat what I said in this. So there was a, there was there was a the, the uh, Google launched in when did they launch? Ninety eight, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. In the last engines to use the, the meta tag as part of their algorithms was. Um, InfoSeek and I believe AltaVista, and they stopped in 97. So if everybody stopped using it in 97, why would Google then use it again, start and pick it up in, in 98? I right? said InfoSeek. I didn't say Google. Right. 
But InfoSeek in 97 stopped using it. And I said specifically Google never used the, the, the keyword meta tag. Oh, yeah. I, all, all I know is that you said search engines originally. Oh, I, I meant Google. Okay. Sorry. Right. My bad. <laughs> if we all do right. it all the time. I'll, I'll let you off the hook this time. <laughs> oh, gee. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> uh, words for you after this. Okay. Um, <clears throat> next question from Paul. I have a domain name and English language WordPress website on a .com. My client would like to add French and Spanish, uh, i.e. the Mexican market, languages to the site. I can use a WordPress plugin for that so they can select their language. My question is, do we buy a domain dot whatever domain it might be, dot French, dot FR, or domain dot MX and simply redirect them to dot com where they choose their language or build standalone sites in both French and Spanish? All right. I wouldn't use any of those. Um, my preference is to do the dot com sl- forward slash language and build up from there. What about you, John? So... The the interesting part is that the one little th- thing he has in the parentheses there, Mexican market. If he's targeting the Mexican mar- Spanish language in the Mexican market, that's a completely different situation than targeting Spanish language in the U.S. market, right? Mm-hmm. Now, like French in France and French in, Eng- in yeah, Quebec. Ex- exactly. Um, I tend, and again, I don't do enough international optimization to know if this stuff has changed, but my, my tendency is to, if you're targeting a market in a foreign country, get the foreign country domain. Because people are going to be using, most likely if you're in Mexico, you're going to be using um, Google.mx. And Google.mx is going to give preference to a .mx site over a .com site. I, I would buy them. Um, and, and redirect them, but I don't know. I, I would. Well, if you can redirect them, you're not going to get those those listings in the MX site, right? Yeah. You're still going to have the dot, dot com listings. Yeah, see, I don't. I, and, and, it's and we a good know question. I don't know. I'm, I'm with you on the fact that it could have changed, but in, in, I I think things are more sophisticated now, and that you could have the forward slash language. Google's talked about a ton that that's one of the ideas they have, or one of the recommendations they've made. Yeah, um, and, and and to your point, you can use the H href lang mm-hmm. tag to not only identify the language, but you use the same tag to identify the the location, exactly. right? So if you're using that, and you use it, if you've got enough sophistication to use it to do both, you can get away with it. Um, I think. Um, now, since which, you don't which, which, mention but, Google here, well, I should also note that Bing. As as uh, <laughs> useful as it is, um, has um, dove definitely does give some extra weight to uh, foreign TLDs. So if, if it is a country-based TLD, they will get automatic um, recognition that they are in the France or they are in Mex are from Mexico or whatever it might be. That doesn't mean you can't also get the same benefit from specifying using HF HRF Lang. Um, which um, to all people out there who don't know what we're talking about, I'm very sorry. It's not easy to explain, but essentially so, it just tells people what language the, the so, content's in. But, but let's go back to the simplest solution is the best, right? The hreflang is a programmatic solution that Google built, or not built, but utilizes to um, address a problem that they identified with people not being able to 
you know, deal with this international stuff. The simplest, most direct solution is to, if you're, if you're, if you're marketing a website in Mexico, use a .mx domain, build your site so it lives on .mx. You can duplicate the content in Spanish. There's no duplicate content issues when it comes to, to multiple languages. Um, do the same thing for your .fr site. To me, that's the simplest, basic, you know, standard solution. I don't know. I, I think that's that's a lot more resources and time, whereas you could just embed it all in the same site, get all the benefits of all the links, get the benefits of all that that popularity, and and, and well, you're not getting it. you're not getting the benefits of the links. You know, if if well, see this again. I, I'm I'm stepping into waters where I'm not 100% comfortable with international SEO. So if I have a link from a .mx site pointing to a .com site found in Google.mx, does it have as much value as a .mx site pointing to a .mx site in Google.mx? Right? There's a there's a lot of detail. Logically, a lot of stuff. I would say it does. as much weight but I still think it has weight yeah and then yeah I, it, it's I wish I could be more clear and had enough more knowledge to be able to answer this more um, confidently but my my gut without doing any research my gut would be go keep it simple and say okay uh, if you can afford the time and the resources and and the, the biggest the biggest resource drain for multiple language sites is the translation right and you're gonna have to do that either way mm -hmm. you know you know if it's a if it's a basic wordpress site which it says it is you know setting up another wordpress site takes a day so that's not a huge resource drain it's the translation piece that's the big and you're gonna have to do that whether you do it on a separate website or the same website okay well um I think you've heard both our opinions. <laughs> Definitely different, but um, I do believe that in, in, in the future it's going to be uh, Google's all about simplifying, and I think it makes a lot of sense to have it all on one site. Um, and, and that I think that is a certain future-proofing method. But you're not going to be hurt either way. That is definitely the case in both yeah. ways. Um, just, just, just make sure if you put it all on the same site that you dig into hreflang. There's, there's oh, yeah. a lot of things people do with that that are cause problems. That's, that's not a simple implementation, and it can be once you know it. But getting to know it is there's a learning curve. Yeah, and and also, <laughs> no matter how confident I sound and and John sounds. Do your homework on this. We both do. I do a little bit of, in, of international SEO, but by no means am I an expert in that field. So, and, and, and John is the same thing. So, you know, do a little more research. Ask some people who are and get some more opinions. Uh, uh, and, and, and let us know what you do. We'd be very interested to hear. Okay. Well, thanks for everyone for joining us today. Have a great week. And remember to tune to future episodes, which air at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, every Wednesday on webmasterradio.fm. Sorry for the tight uh, ending here, but we're running out of time. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody.
This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.webmasterradio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.